Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Hart and Keenan Schneider. Episode 14, It's Just Bolognese. We haven't actually like physically recorded with each other for like a month. Yeah, life just got... Got a little crazy. Yeah, a little challenging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of commitments. Many commitments. Some sickness. Yes. You illness. got sick. I did not get sick. I know. It's a miracle. It's it's a fucking miracle. Yeah. It's like your birthday happened and you were like, and now I'm done. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. done being sick. Yeah. Now that I'm 33. Magically no more, not sick. No more sick. Forever. This is, this is the year. You ever read that book? Uh, I think it's called Tuck Everlasting. I did not read it, but I have heard of it. So it's about this lady who meets this boy mm-hmm. who drinks from this spring mm-hmm. and it makes him immortal. Uh, and he. A like, la like Peter Pan immortal, where you're a child forever? Well, he stays the same age. Okay. That he started drinking from the spring from. So, like, maybe when I turned 33. Mm-hmm. I drank from a spring. Did you drink from a spring? Maybe. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't and I also don't know like the sort of like physiological side effects of drinking from springs, like whether or not there's going to be some sort of you know, like memory erasure sort of thing. Yeah, so but, I don't remember okay, so that I'm Okay, so is there a becoming... hole in your memory? Did you like lose a day? Well, so my memory's always been bad. Um, #true. So it it could just be that yes. Yes. I'm going to say, yes, there's a hole. And that's not out of the norm. But point is, and also this doesn't need to be like a spring spring. Maybe it was just like someone imbued your water bottle with like, magical water. Exactly. Like the spring, <laughs> the spring is a metaphor. Uh, uh, uh-huh. So what I'm saying at this maybe point. Maybe I'm the spring. Maybe you are. Who knows? Yeah. You're my magic spring. I mean, basically. Since we got together, yeah, you did get sick for like so the many first times. <laughs> year and a half that we were together. Yeah, and now you're not. Like maybe I like helped you run your course of illness. Yeah, and now you're good. Yeah, I think I'm that's powerful. True. I think that's true. I so, think we should definitely make this about me. Yeah, and so <laughs> now that I'm 33, this is as old. Uh, so uh-huh. 33 is as old as I'll ever be. Uh-huh. Forever. I hate that yeah no that's like, not good for our relationship but i'll still increasing i'll still increase in maturity like yeah, i'll still like, con- continue don't you love the situation that's happening right here though absolutely like but you 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 say frequently how much you appreciate my face i love your face what i love everything face? about you <laughs> that 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 is not my concern here the concern is that like i will slowly my my body and my mind will yeah. slowly degrade and yours will not. Right. And it's, so you will not be fully experiencing life with me. True. Right? And so I think true. that that would be a hindrance to the progression of our relationship. I get what you're saying. Thank you for validating my feelings. It reminds me of basically every vampire ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also uh, the Robin Williams film Bicentennial Man. I never saw that. I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, the other day, though, for some reason, like the poster popped into my head. Yeah, I know. Very it's weird. A, it's not a great movie. 
Um, but it has some interesting ideas. Hmm. It's essentially a robot who slowly but surely starts to gain sentience mm-hmm. and for whatever reason becomes more alive and like independent. So it like he breaks beyond the sort of like AI and becomes like a, a sentient creature mm-hmm. and starts to like <laughs> spoilers for Bicentennial Man. <laughs> you should have seen it by now. But <laughs> he starts to slowly like watch all of these family members that he grew up with and, and loved and took care for pass away mm. to the point where he uh, he decided to make himself as human as possible mm-hmm. um, so he could experience that full range of life yeah, experience definitely. too, including death, which is an important part of mm-hmm. the human experience, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that feeling of the fragility of life, I think, is really important, yeah. which isn't to say that like you would become invincible. Maybe, we don't know. Okay. I don't think well, Tuck Everlasting ever really covers like being in a an elevator that crashes. Or being hit by a car or right. anything. I mean, okay, so point being, <laughs> I don't think that you would experience life fully. You certainly wouldn't experience it with me as fully as you would if we sure. age together. Yeah. So I hope that's not the case. I I want you to have a beautiful and full and healthy life. But you wish death upon me at I some point. I wish you to be human. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think like, okay, not to really hammer this point home, but I don't know that I really would want to live forever anyway, because cool. there's a lot about life that makes me really upset and angry. And I think like there's. It's only going to get worse from here. Right. Like so people, <laughs> some people are so bad. They're so bad and so frustrating and people do so many dumb things. And I like I can only focus on the positive stuff for so long. So I think like the natural trajectory of life just has to end at some point when you've had your fill. Definitely. And like, while I do think that generally speaking, you are a positive person that really goes out the window the moment we get in a car. Right. And there will always be some thing that makes you feel the way that traffic makes you feel. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we can focus on the positive stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to go down this road. No, no. This is the Gosh, wrong this podcast. This is such a tangent. Yes. How did this even happen? We can start a second show called This Much Hate, where we just talk about how much we hate stuff. <laughs> but I think that's the thing that we were trying to like I know. counter, actually. I know. I mean, and essentially, that's just Twitter. Yeah. Although Twitter, I think, fills you with a pretty substantial amount of joy, honestly. I, I do actually quite like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things that make me upset about it, like life. About Twitter or about the content that you discover via Twitter? Yes. Mm. Um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. About 10 minutes in, we can start with the pleasantries. Oh, yeah. So pleasant. <laughs> how are you, my dear? I'm fine. How are you? I was wondering if you were going to ask. I was was sitting there and I was like, okay, I guess we're moving on. (laughs) Well, it's just like, it just, it feels like such a weirdly formal thing that it like, for whatever reason in my mind didn't register. Like it felt like we were doing a bit. I'm like, I should complete this bit. Mm. I'm excited. We're going to see Tom Segura tonight. Yeah. Um, We are going to go up to uh, just outside of Sheboygan, Wisconsin to the Kohler Water Spa Resort. Um, because my my father happens to be there on work, and then we're seeing Endgame, 
I can't believe that's like two weeks away. Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. All of this Within 10 years next... later comes to a, a conclusion. Yeah, it is. I Not mean, that it's there over won't be setting years. it up. I'm sure they're going to be setting it up for like future movies and stuff like that. There's... Well, we already know that there's right. some. No, I know. But I'm just saying like, it's not like they're going to wrap this all up. And then the next like phase of the Marvel universe is just going to kind of be like, we're starting fresh. Like, right, right, right. No, there's there will still be ties. Yeah. For sure. But at the same time, it does feel like this is like sort of the momentous, like it's all come to this. And I'm very excited to see how it wraps things up in three hours. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a pretty hefty movie. Yeah. Um, And then we're going to the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Yeah. For a dog event. Mm -hmm. There will be literally hundreds of Bernie's Mountain Dogs there. I hope you're ready. So many dogs. So many. Yeah. So many, many exciting things that I love. We'll be seeing Glenn and Debbie again, um, most likely. Nice. They're planning on coming, which is very exciting. We haven't seen them since November, so that will be nice. So, yeah, just like a lot of travel, little tiny mini road trips, business to take care of, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah. um, Yeah, so we've seen a few movies recently. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the past few weeks have been more filled with movies than normal. Yeah, are you talking about like going to the theater and staying at home and watching movies? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I suppose so. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Like I so much of like my um like having lived with other people, mm-hmm. that screen time, that like shared screen time is so often television with others. Yeah. But you are like really a movie person. Like it happens I would say once a week on average. Yeah. Where we come home or we're it's like the weekend and the thing that you want to do is watch a movie. And it's not even that you have a specific movie in mind. You just want to watch something a little bit more long form. Yeah, totally. What is that for you? Like why why <laughs> like what is it about movies that like pull you in? Um, I think it's the fact that there's like there's I think there's a number of factors. I think it's just a really interesting medium for storytelling mm-hmm. it's probably probably my favorite way to digest stories mm-hmm. um and i think for the longest time i think it was like by far my preferred way like there were some tv shows mm-hmm. or some books that i would just like gobble up but by and large movies have always been that sort of like consistent love for me i think there's that there's like it's not that they're bite-sized, but they are like typically self-contained in a matter of hours. Um, and so it, it feels very accessible to like get a beginning, middle, and some character progression um, and to see how that sort of like complete movement happens mm-hmm. without having to invest a significant chunk of time. So I think a few hours is doable. And, I, and while I think TV, especially in the last 10 to 15 years or so, has become more serialized, bigger budgets, mm-hmm. bigger names, more just I think like we're I don't want to call it like say the cliche like we're in a golden age of television or that it's experiencing a renaissance. But I think that where we're at now with TV is so much more elevated mm-hmm. than it's ever been before. And so there are definitely shows out there that I think like I enjoy watching them. Uh, just as much, if not more, than a lot of movies out there. That there's, that it's worthwhile investing that time because in television, in in those television shows, yeah, 
that being said, there's something about movies that still just there's so many things about them. I think like the the time commitment, the fact that the stories f- tend to feel pretty like tight and contained, mm-hmm. and then there are aspects where it's like generally budgets are bigger. Sure. Or because they do have that time constraint, those stories do feel like they're like more thoughtfully considered that characters, their existence and their overall development tends to feel like it's more considered. And then even when it's something where it's kind of like a little sillier, like if it's just sort of this action movie or, you know, a comedy that doesn't really like it, it tends to be just enough and doesn't wear out its welcome. Like Mm -hmm. if we had to watch, say like John Wick, But the TV show, John Wick, where it was stretched over 12 to 20 episodes, depending on what network it's on. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point, it would kind of wear out its welcome because like the the sort of meat of John Wick is to kind of like see these elaborate choreographed fights that Mm -hmm. are masterfully done with some really incredible set pieces. And it just doesn't feel feasible or interesting to see like the same sorts of things happening over mm-hmm. and over and over. So I think, and then there's like the aspect of like, there's something very thoughtful and artful and technically interesting mm-hmm. about films. Oftentimes there's a heavy emphasis on the cinematography and the music and like special effects. And there are just... It, it tends to be a medium that feels just a little bit more thoughtful and elevated compared to like television. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm comparing it to television mainly because of the visual storytelling aspect. Sure. I think when it comes down to it, like when I want to hear, like see stories um, or consume stories, it's like TV or movies. That's my preferred. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that kind of encompasses it, but I, I don't know. I just like the, I like the contained nature of them. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that you say th- that, like you brought up John Wick as an example, because my mind, when you're talking about like beautifully choreographed fight sequences, immediately jumped to the first season of Daredevil on Netflix. Yes, and I thought that those were some beautifully choreographed fights. However, I would say by the end of the first season, like I was done. I was like, kind of tired. I was done, and. And that's and I was satisfied. I wasn't even like bored. I was satisfied. Yeah. And I think something that television falls into is like this commitment to multi-season plots. Yeah. And like they want a series. They don't want um, they don't want a mini series. They don't want a season. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like I do think that it can be done well. But that's like the only example that comes to mind, whereas I think I can think of, I mean, if we can go back to like, you know, Jackie Chan, right? Mm-hmm. And just like the incredible fight work and like stunt work that's done there. Yeah. Or, or Bruce Mission Lee. Impossible oh my God, with yeah. like, you know, all of the work that's done there. Like that is really incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Wick is just, I, John Wick is, John Wick is such an interesting phenomena for me because... It's Keanu Reeves, and I've never been, and like, don't, <laughs> don't at me about this, but like, I've never been a huge fan of his acting. 
I don't think anybody's going to at you about that. I just, I just, <laughs> there might be some love out there. And, but I still love Keanu. Yeah. Like, and I love the transition that he made from comedy to action. I think that yeah. was the right choice. He also just like routinely seems like the coolest, nicest human being mm-hmm, who has had a really tragic life. Yes. Um, and, and that being said, like, I also want to counter with is like, internationally recognized generally speaking respected and has a lot of money um and so there's a lot of privilege there Mm -hmm. but like has still suffered many tragedies um it's like it's one of those things where like when like people don't know the life that keanu reeves has had like they don't know the life that danny trejo has had and i'm Mm -hmm. like no you have to you have to look this up like read up on these people because their lives are so engaging which also like objectifies them and makes me feel bad now that i'm saying it but (laughs) don't overthink it (laughs) okay well i just want to call myself out for that because like it feels really calculating and like clinical to be like yeah they're just so fascinating to study um but i mean they just they're i think for me what it what it has done is it reminds me of the complexity of their human nature anyway whatever um something else that i really admire about you and this happens (laughs) in music and movies specifically is your ability to remember the artist who is behind like the creative process Mm -hmm. directors um like bands and uh like music writers Mm -hmm. it's it happened like four times this morning where i was like oh like i was talking to our home pod and i was like hey hey dingus play this song and she was like not enough information. I'm going to do my best here. She and started she, playing a radio station. Right. Instead. And like you were like, oh, immediately without even like thinking about it or looking it up. You're like, yes, this is by Cloud Cult or this is by, you know, whomever. And I just I really appreciate that about you. And you're also like your affinity. Like when I see a movie like a trailer mm-hmm. or I hear about a movie coming out, I am drawn to plot and possibly actors. Mm-hmm. And like I'll watch the trailer and like if it seems like it's well produced and the story is interesting, like I'm in. Yeah. But you know who directed this movie. Mm-hmm. And that is something that draws you. Yeah. And so my question for you today. <laughs> 25 minutes in. Hey. I, I mean, lo- no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, just... I set this up in a long game. Yeah, totally. I started talking about our weekend. Then I started talking about movies. And I yeah. got you talking about movies. Fuck off. <laughs> so what's your question? <laughs> my question for you. <laughs> Is how much you love, how much do you love the Cornetto trilogy? Oh, oh, like mm-hmm. specific movies. Yes. Man, this is going to just turn into a, a sort of rambling mess about Edgar Wright, though, isn't it? It sure as hell is. And like, I wanted to ask you about <laughs> Edgar Wright, but I also kind of wanted to focus you in. And if you want it to be about Edgar Wright, let's do it. I feel. Let's absolutely do it. But I think we have to focus <sighs> on the Cornetto trilogy a little bit. I And I. I think that will naturally happen if we talk about Edgar Wright, I guess. So would you like me to rephrase the question? No, no, no. I think you're good. And I, the funny thing is, is that I, I feel like we could potentially do like a six or we could do like, we could do an episode on hot fuzz. (laughs) We could do, we could do an episode on each of them. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like we, like we could talk, like I could talk about just Edgar Wright in general. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a part. We can talk about Shaun of the Dead, hot fuzz. We can talk about. World's End. We can talk about Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm missing anything. Um, 
No, not too terribly. I mean, and then we could like diverge into Simon Pegg and sure. talking about like, again, going back to Mission Impossible or yeah. talking about like the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Which he has a very small part, but still, part. you know, whatever. Simon Pegg is a delight. Just mm-hmm. by and large, he's he's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I love watching him do stuff on screens. Um, Which also just makes me like this is this is just like a, a spoiler. Like I think like eventually I would like to ask you how much you love <laughs> British comedy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, but. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But yeah, I think I I think for me it's one of those things where as much as I want to focus on Edgar Wright as a whole, I'm very interested in the Nicholas Snow. What's his name? Is that his name? Nicholas Angel from Hot no, Buzz. No, no, the other like the third the third. Oh, per- Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Yeah. Like I want to focus on <laughs> the 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 movies that are made with the relationship between. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Yeah, totally. Because I think that those are so incredibly interesting. Yeah. Um, for they're a number very, of different reasons. They're very special films. For And you're right, for a number of different reasons. But I think the fact that they do collaborate so well together. They and sure that, do. Like, there's this consistency there that is just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the worst movie in the Cornetto trilogy... In Which, your opinion. No, no, I'm saying like the worst movie in the Cornetto oh, trilogy okay. is better than most movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that it fluctuates. So just kind of like as a, a heads up to anyone who's listening who's not, first off, not familiar with the Cornetto trilogy. These are movies uh, starting with Shaun of the Dead, uh, which was like 2004 then Hot Fuzz in 2007, and then World's End, I want to say it was 2011 or 2012. 2012, probably. Yeah. Uh, Either way. So we're talking like mid to late aughts and uh, early 2010s. And each movie was uh, written, directed by Edgar Wright. Okay. I just looked it up. 2004 for Shaun of the Dead, 2007 for Hot Fuzz, and 2013 for World's End. Oh, okay. So, well so, done. Yeah, I was close. But these movies are written and directed by Edgar Wright. And I want to say that Simon Pegg has writing credits on all of them. I'm not entirely sure about Nick Frost. I don't think Nick Frost has writing credits. But they, so either way, like, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost typically star like they, they always star in these movies. They're typically the the two main characters, although World's End kind of ropes in a couple other uh, people. But mm-hmm. Edgar Wright is sort of like the genius behind the the filmmaking itself. And Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the geniuses on the screen. Yeah. Sean. Of the, so there, and this is a trilogy in the loosest sense of the word where it's kind of a trilogy just because. They're all collaborative team. They're all collaborating together. And it has like a similar sort of feel as far as like they're typically doing their takes on certain genre films. So Mm -hmm. like Shaun of the Dead is a zombie film and also sort of a romantic comedy. Uh, Hot Fuzz is a buddy cop movie. Also a little bit of romantic comedy. And an action movie. Yeah. And like, yeah, sort of that like buddy cop like over-the-top, ridiculous action movie, yeah. like, sort of, like, 
Bad Boys or Point Break, which yes. they bring up multiple <laughs> times. And then there's World's End, which is sort of like a an apocalyptic alien invasion, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like sort of like a, a very um, and also like reunited, like like friend group, like 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 I think about um, is it Bachelor Party? What is that? Um, that movie with like Zach Galifianakis and like where they go to L.A. and they like. It was Las Vegas. And Las it Vegas. Was, that's um, right. Uh, the Hangover. The Hangover yeah, series. So like like adults. Yeah. Who've like, diverged. Kind of a like still kind of like a coming of age tale because mm-hmm. of Gary King. Like sure. he is still very much trying to like figure out what like who he is. And, but like, I feel like there are a number about. of movies that are like that where there's like the friend group from younger days and like one of them has not grown up yet and it's like their coming of age story. Totally. But all under the veil. So like under the veil of like this sort of like campy, like alien invasion sci-fi. Absolutely. So, and, and the thing about all of these movies, they're, they're called the Cornetto trilogy because in Shaun of the Dead, they have a a little throwaway line about getting a Cornetto, which is uh, uh, an ice cream treat in the UK. Uh, It's kind of like, What's it's an the, ice cream cone. No, but what's the the ones that are um uh that we have here that are like the uh the ice cream cone that is like dipped in chocolate. It has like swirls. the layer of chocolate inside the cone and then the ice cream on top. I forget what they're called. I'm looking it up on the Google. Drumstick. Drumsticks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're they're yes. essentially like they're similar to drumsticks mm-hmm. from my understanding. Mm-hmm. They come in a bunch of different flavors. This is uh, whatever. It's an ice cream cone. Right. They happen to offhandedly mention it in Shaun of the Dead. They ended up getting free ice cream uh at the premiere for this. And so they tried to like weave the reference to Cornetto into hot fuzz and to get more free ice cream, which I just think is a really hilarious and delightful story. Yeah. Um, and then, so it like unofficially became the Cornetto trilogy. There's a, a brief reference to Cornetto in each of them, but otherwise the movies don't really like, they don't link together mm-hmm. in any significant way aside from references to Cornetto and the fact that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the stars. The stars. And that the Edgar Wright actors. has directed and Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg have written it. Right. And so... Each one of these is their sort of take on these these sort of like nerdy subgenres of of movies, um, and each one of them happens to to do that in a way that far exceeds, I think, that a lot of these sort of like the quality of the these sort of like showpiece titles of those genres absolutely they're elevating the genre there's such a reverence Mm -hmm. that they obviously have for the movies that they are doing their own spin on Mm -hmm. that it ends up like even though they're comedies that are kind of just like doing their own little twist Mm -hmm. and maybe like exemplifying things like and and for the like to highlight how ridiculous it is yeah but it is rooted in like admiration and love yes yeah, there, there's so much uh, joy um, that I, I end up driving from these movies because they are, um, they are so reverent and thoughtful and expertly crafted. Mm-hmm. Something about Edgar Wright's films, just by and large, is that there is so much thought and care put into basically every scene, every shot. Every mm-hmm. line of dialogue, 
that you can one thing like I don't like rewatching movies typically mm-hmm. like it tip, like I usually have to go a long span of time before I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to rewatch this again. Yeah. There are some people who will just rewatch movies over and over. Mm-hmm. It takes a special film for me to rewatch it. Edgar Wright, every single one of his films I could rewatch over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And because I think there is like a level of discovery in each viewing, I have <laughs> I have easily seen Hot Fuzz at least like twenty times at yeah, this point. Yeah, that is unheard of for me. And every single time, I feel like I notice something new. It wasn't mm-hmm. like until my you know tenth viewing of the movie that I noticed that like not that this is a spoiler or any relevant, but there's like there are straws in the in the glasses of beer that these kids are drinking in this pub before they get kicked out by Nicholas Angel that just like, like when I discovered that Mm -hmm. it was one of those moments where I'm like, how do you even fucking think about that? It feels like such a little throwaway thing. But then when you notice it, it is one of the funniest bits about that scene that of Mm -hmm. course kids who are like 16 years old, underage, they're going to be drinking, you know, (laughs) beer with straws. Like it's just such a funny thing. And each one of those, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, they all have these these little moments that are just kind of tucked away that are just like they reward the person who rewatches and knows what they're getting into mm-hmm. with like with just cleverness. There's yeah. and it's not like the sort of cleverness where it's just like it feels like they're beating you over the head with it. There's so mm-hmm. much, especially in like American comedies, that feel like they just have to drive this joke home and just smack you repeatedly with like this is the punchline this is the punchline or how clever were we with the setup right it feels like edgar wright just trusts he just has immense trust that the viewer is going to piece these things together and so there Mm -hmm. are things there that when you recognize them they enhance the viewing experience but even if you don't necessarily know that they're there or catch them the first time around it's still enjoyable and it's subliminal where they like they still add like there's still something that adds additional joy to that experience definitely you you don't need to like necessarily call it out and so i think like the cornetto trilogy is just three movies that do this so incredibly well they are they have characters that are lovable who have flaws who have real emotional development mixed with just this incredible cutting dialogue that is better than basically 99% of the comedy writing out there mm-hmm. it is the and the dialogue the uh visual gags the uh plot structures um it all layers on itself in such an expert way that really just kind of like speaks to what I want to see mm-hmm. or hear uh, in the things that I love most. Definitely. And I think it just speaks to I, I think. So here's what I would say is that I think that the writing is so well done that it is highly enjoyable on the first viewing. That it's just funny and entertaining. Like, that is something that's beautiful. I think the directing is something where, like, another layer of subtlety is worked in, where it's shot really well to the point where, like, the where you where it just lets the dialogue and the performances do their thing and carry the work, right? Where it's like you hardly really even notice it. 
you can notice like certain things. Like I think one of the things that I love about Edgar Wright so much is the um, tempo at which he sets oh, up shots and yes. cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the editing, I like. I I I worship the ground that those editors walk on because yeah. that is such a demanding job yeah. to edit these films so well. Um, and I think that like you know it gets set up beautifully, but like to nail those edits as well as they do is absolutely insane to me yeah um that being said like the directing i think is one of those things where as you continue to view it like you you know the story you know the plot you know the kind of like very um deliberately and like openly established goofs and themes and and repeated jokes and what have you and then like you watch it again and again and like you said like i think there's something that heightens the viewing experience every time you Mm -hmm. watch it um and and the mastery that he has over his actors to like for the way that they move and how they move through the shots like i just think about the logistics like of course i do i think about the logistics that it takes to totally. make these things work and it and the level of detail without hitting you over the head with it like i think that that to me is something that is so beautiful about it is that there's clearly so much thought and energy that has gone into every single decision but he doesn't need you to to see it for it to be valid. Exactly. And it's that confidence that I think is one of those things that you know that you're seeing something special, that mm-hmm. you're seeing something high quality. Like it's kind of like it, it's kind of like Apple computers mm-hmm. where there are so many thoughtful touches. There are so many it's like. I this is not going to be a. a paraphrase a paraphrase quote because i don't have it in front of me but i remember steve jobs way back when talking about how his stepdad or his adopted father i can't remember what the situation is there but talked about like why do carpenters sand the backside of a bookshelf why do they make that look just as nice as anything else because it's going to be up against a wall Mm -hmm. and it's the 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 love of the craft and like you as the artist, like you as the creator, knowing that that's there, mm-hmm. that you're putting that extra touch. So like when uh, when they were first producing computers, I believe they all like signed the inside of the hardware and that was like etched like that in the production models. Those signatures were like etched into the machines. Nobody is going to like, well, almost nobody's really going to like open up their computers to see that Mm -hmm. but they knew it's there Mm -hmm. it's kind of like now like these machines are so thin you look at like a cross section of an iphone or a mac and everything is just so immaculately constructed the 99 percent of consumers are never going to notice Mm -hmm. but that level of thought and care means that these machines are that much more impressive technologically um that there was that level of craft. Mm-hmm. And that I think I think it's about surprise and delight, right? right? That those moments when either if you are somebody like, I am not, um, I enjoy film, but I would not call myself like a connoisseur or an expert mm-hmm. necessarily. And so I might not notice certain things that somebody picks up on really quickly who is like more well-versed in that world or in yeah. that craft. But as I'm exposed to it more and more and more, I'm likely to pick up on those subtleties mm-hmm. and those that little nuance and that, finesse that was put into this and appreciate that it was designed yeah that a human being designed this yeah 
and, and that there was intention behind it. That's how Edgar Wright's movies come off. Every single one of them. And that's like my favorite directors. Like it, I think about like Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like even in uh, in his weaker films, there's still that intention. There's still that detail. And I'm probably like, uh, I'm sure that there are plenty of films and directors and things that like really jump out or like really uh, that people like kind of latch onto who could say like, oh, yeah, this director also does this. And that's that's cool. But I think like for me, there's there's um, I'm, and I'm not trying to like trivialize the work that filmmakers uh, put into the the movies that they put out there. I know that there are a ton of brilliant films out there, but there's something just so special mm-hmm. about the movies that Edgar Wright produces. And mm-hmm. the Cornetto trilogy is, I think, for the sheer fact that they essentially like they were essentially kind of like doing the same thing three times in a row they and they're not the same plots they're not the same characters it's it's not like they're trying to just make the same movie but they're still like using the genre to explore something greater Mm -hmm. um in in what they're creating um and and looking at deeper themes and deeper character development than what you would typically get in the movies that they are drawing from the inspiration that they're drawing from um yeah i Edgar Wright is one of those filmmakers that the more I see his work, the more I am just enamored with the aptitude. I don't... The clarity of his vision. Exactly. Like, I don't know who else is on, like, who is even on that level. And it's so wonderful to me that it's, like, somebody who, especially if we're talking about the Cornetto trilogy, who like the the through line of genre is comedy. Yeah. Right? And to me that like you can take something that I think many people probably like romanticize or trivialize to be like yes, it's funny. It's he- we're here for the laughs. Mm-hmm. And like it is still so artfully done. And that's yeah. not to say like and I'm not I'm not trying to like diss on any other comedies, but I think that we often rely on the performances yeah. and the writing. Mm-hmm. And that Edgar Wright did not let that hold him back right. from creating something that is, that is visually captivating and stunning. And, and like, I don't know, I don't know if like I want to call it like, um, like, like it's stereotypically like beautiful. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's just, I don't, I, I think it's beautifully done. I think yeah. it's beautifully created. I don't necessarily know if this is a movie that I'd watch with the sound off, you know? Sure. Um, it's not a Terrence Malick film. Sure. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, where it's just like there's... It's not just like, oh, such lush art. Yeah, visual splendor. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's a complete piece. Mm-hmm. Like, you need all those components working together. Right. And he understands, like, all these different aspects of it. There's so many great pieces that kind of dissect Edgar Wright's genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't, I hate using that word because I feel like so many people are good at so many things, but I, I feel like Edgar Wright is definitely one of those people who like is just a genius. Yeah. Um, but I think of things like every frame of painting. Mm-hmm. If you want to just kind of understand like why his style of comedy, especially that visual aspect of his comedy feels so much deeper and more resonant than a lot of other comedy out there. 
you should watch the uh, How Edgar Wright Does Visual Comedy. I think that's the title of it. We'll put it in the show notes mm-hmm. of Every Frame of Painting. Movies with Mikey has done Scott Pilgrim. He's done every single movie at this point. He's done Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, Scott Pilgrim, and Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. So Movies with Mikey does some great breakdowns of why these films are so brilliant. I would highly recommend watching any of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, to me, it's the nuance. Yeah. I love things that make me consider it on a deeper level and, and start to like, like entice me to look at the craft of it. Mm-hmm. What actually went in to make this happen? Right. And it's, it's every single one of his films. And I know we're talking about the Cornetto trilogy, but like every single one of his films do that. Mm-hmm. And he just, knows the movie he's trying to make right he has such a good understanding of film history mm-hmm. of genre of music like right. you look at something like baby driver that the library the catalog of information that he has like you brought up earlier about how uh i like kind of hold on to like people who create these things like mm-hmm. artists yeah. uh for music and movies and tv whatever like i can't I don't even know how to begin to understand how much information Edgar Wright has in his brain. He yeah, is the like, amount of research and thought and decision making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is like the nerd's nerd. Yeah. Like the person who just like has this wealth of information, but also knows how to use it to mm-hmm. build something incredible. Yeah. And I think it's just it's one of those things where like, again, if you're going in as somebody who's like, I just want to sit back and enjoy a movie, you're going to enjoy these movies. Yes. Right? And so, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, like, though you say, like, he's the nerd's nerd, and I agree with that in, like, a very loving way. You do not have to be a nerd to enjoy these movies, right? Like, I think that there are some movies that are like, look at how inventive and creative and thoughtful and wonderful I am. And again, you kind of get back to hammering people over the head with it. Yep. And I think it's like that that demand to be acknowledged for your genius, yep. right? And I think that there's something really beautiful about the partnership between Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and Nick Frost, where you can just enjoy this ridiculous buddy cop movie. Yep. And it's just a really fun time, and it's very silly, and the casting in these movies is always phenomenal. There is not a single movie that I have seen that I am like, this hasn't aged well. Exactly. I'm bored. The pacing isn't right. The performances are distracting. The editing is bad. Yeah. Like, it's nuts to me it's mind-boggling it's nuts to me like if this was like a one and done right like if this was like somebody hit this out of the park and like you know and therefore got notoriety and recognition and like moved on to do other things but they weren't as good like i would say and do i want to say this okay so recently we saw us yeah and i and i was not expecting to see another get out And I knew that. I knew that this was more of a straight up kind of horror suspense thriller kind of movie. Yeah. And but we were talking about it like on our way home. And while it was still incredibly inventive and and incredibly creative and I think well done overall, it didn't hit me the same way. And I and like I think a point that I brought up was like it just doesn't feel like this is a story that Jordan Peele has been sitting with and developing as long as. It felt like get up, yep. get get up, <laughs> get up, <laughs> get out, 
had, you know, and I think that there's just, again, like that level of time and research and thoughtfulness wasn't to me at the same caliber. Again, I want to clarify that I really loved that movie. Right. And it's also telling that like Jordan, uh, Jordan Peele is another one of those directors who, especially with like. Get Out was just a momentous debut. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where it's just kind of like, holy fuck, how do you even follow up with this? Right. The fact that Us is as good as it is, like, just cements him up there in that mm-hmm. upper echelon of like, incredible directors. Correct. I will. He's going to be one of those directors that mm-hmm. I will look forward to any one of his movies coming mm-hmm. out. And so, like, saying, like, Us wasn't as good as Get Out still is kind of like an Edgar Wright or, you know, Ryan Johnson movie where, like, the worst Jordan Peele movie is better than most, most movies, movies out there. Agreed. Yeah. That being said, like yeah. if I'm drawing the parallel between Jordan Peele and Edgar Wright, Fair. I walked out of us feeling a little, a little wanting. And that's maybe that's the intention and maybe that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't leave a single Edgar Wright movie without just like jaw dropping appreciation. Right. And joy. Yeah. Um, and granted, like us and Get Out is not meant to manufacture joy. Right, and so like, right, you know, yeah. maybe I'm comparing apples and oranges here. But sure. um, but that being said, like it is in- incredible to me that five out of five. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. And I would say and it's like and it's so wonderful to me that there is something that like you see an Edgar Wright movie. And if you if you know Edgar Wright and you're like, oh, yeah, Edgar Wright did Shaun of the Dead. If you go and see something else, you would probably be able to identify mm-hmm. Edgar Wright had something to do with this. He has such a signature. It makes me so sad that he wasn't able to see Ant-Man all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like, and it feels like there are little tidbits and touches here and there. Mm-hmm. But I know that they did so much reworking on that. That's kind of hard to really tell like, what's where, his, his, what's not. Yeah, where his original vision was and, and where uh, they kind of rewrote. But the, and the movie was great, but I feel like it could have been something truly special. Mm-hmm. If Especially they had for let the him... MCU, like, right, you know, something where it's just like, yeah, yeah, really special. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like letting Taika Waititi to uh, like just kind of like have at Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. that they just kind of trusted him with this property that like I don't think they had the same sort of like reverence or care for mm-hmm. in the MCU because like the first two Thor movies are fine like they're mm-hmm. okay movies but and so i don't think like thor got the love that he needed except in some of the en- ensemble films sure. and then they were just kind of like they you know what? Fucking go buck wild right and i think that it's so interesting that like thor as a character became fuller with that direction exactly and then that was brought into infinity war right yep um yeah Completely i just agree i just think that that's spectacular anyway yeah. Um, man, so many things that are going to be in the show notes for this one. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I clearly, I, I don't know. So have you answered the question? How much do you love? And I guess at this point, I'm going to say Edgar Wright. How much yeah. do you love Edgar Wright? Just uh, there's no there's there's really no comparison. I, and like I'm thinking to the other directors that I I really, truly admire and just love their movies. Like Ryan Johnson is probably like the closest second but i just don't know how edgar wright i don't know how anybody competes with that mm-hmm. he it, it, for me he's exactly like he makes the movies that i want to see mm-hmm. and he makes movies that i feel reward me mm-hmm. on a number of levels that 
And the fact, like, you brought this up earlier, but, like, the fact that these movies hold up so well, especially comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, comedy is one of those things that can get dated so quickly. So quickly. And there, I think of other movies from, like, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think about Anchorman, you yeah. know, that came out. I think that was 2003. But either way, like. But around the same time. I think about those two movies coming out within a year of each other or so. Anchorman is one of those movies that, like, is far funnier in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you actually watch it nowadays, it's it, painful. It is painfully bad. It and it's like a lot of American comedy is so of the era. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. which was is twelve years old this year. Right. I still watch those movies and laugh my ass off, even though I've heard these these jokes and seen these gags and experienced them so many times. And I think that's the true mark. Like that is the mark of a brilliant film and a brilliant mm-hmm. and brilliant filmmakers. Uh, like right. there's something to be said about the relationship between Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost that they are able to come together and create these things that are so. I don't want to call them perfect, but I think they're about as close as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and I like this whole time I've been thinking about like. How do I even begin to rank these movies? Because I alluded to it at the beginning. But like in the Cornetto trilogy, the only, I, the only one I can say definitively is I think Hot Fuzz is easily my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it's really a contest. Shaun of the Dead and World's End, though, they're headed, head to head. And mm-hmm. it's. And they're not significantly behind. No, they're Hot not. Fuzz, like right? they're so good. Like I don't, there's not a bad movie in the bunch. You mm-hmm. could pick any one of those three movies and be absolutely delighted. Yeah, they are incredible. They're Definitely. just incredible. And I think it kind of goes back to like when I think about humor and things that create a lasting impact, and that you revisit and you don't go. Yeah. Or judge yourself (laughs) for having loved formerly, right? Like, I think there are so many times when, like, you know, like, (laughs) I've gone back and I've been like, oh, my gosh, I thought this, this, you know, uh, this video in high school was so funny. And then I go back and watch it and I was like, oh, my God, I was an idiot. Yep. You know? And, like, and just, like, how how horrible it is. Um, What I, going back to my original thought, I think, I think for me, the lesson that I've learned as I have grown in this world is that comedy that is rooted in kindness or in laughing at a situation rather than at a person yeah, or at an event maybe is, is the most lasting comedy. It is the most lasting joy for me. All of those other things age poorly yeah um and quickly reveal themselves to be cruel um and that makes me think of again like you know monster factory and the mcelroys where it's like you laugh at the absurdity of something not of someone yep um and that like how important that is and again like because it is so rare i think it's important to highlight how hard that is yeah to do well yeah um and so i just really I really admire that. Yeah. I truly do. Yeah. But it's then like, I think like that in alone, like. Is worthy of praise. Is worthy of praise. But the reason why he's a master then layers on all these other things that his cinematography mm-hmm. is so good that these edits 
are so brilliant mm-hmm. that these things are that the musical choices are so phenomenal. Totally, like the, the sound casting, design, like it's the performances, all so good. Yes. And like I, one of my favorite scenes in any of these movies is the there's a fight in a bathroom with a bunch of these robots in World's End. Mm-hmm. That's just one of my like favorite choreographed fights ever. Yeah, and it didn't have to be that good. It didn't like it didn't have to, but there are so many little touches there, and so many like just really remarkable. Like, how did you even think about this shit? Right. And then you watch something like Baby Driver, mm-hmm. which is not a just, comedy at its, its core. It's not, but like the the choreography there, mm-hmm. like that that knack for that. Like, you expect a person to excel at one, maybe two of these things, but then you have you have something like Baby Driver, which is just kind of like, what can't Edgar Wright do? Right. You know? Definitely. definitely. (laughs) And like, warning if you haven't seen Baby Driver, it does have Kevin Spacey in it, and I totally respect if that means that you don't want to support this. For sure. Regardless, please know that like, outside of like, who Kevin Spacey is as a person, the work done in that film is phenomenal. From everyone. From everybody. Yeah. Um, We've gone so long I'm so I I really I I knew that this was going to be exciting and yeah. fun. I didn't realize that it was going to provide so much to yeah. talk about. I these like I'm getting weirdly emotional thinking about this right now. I never expected like to think that talking about like the Cornetto trilogy or Edgar Wright movies was going to be something that like causes me this sort of like it's not like there's nothing sad about this it's, no but you're it's, tearing up it's a little like this bit. overwhelming joy yeah. that i have that these movies exist that that he as a an artist um and that like simon Pegg and nick frost exist mm-hmm. that they are making these things that feel timeless and brilliant like it feels like a privilege mm-hmm. to be able to experience and that them. they've shared this with yeah. us, right? and it's something like these all of his movies speak to me on a very very deep level they make me love movies more like mm-hmm. they i watch these movies and it makes me feel like i want to make movies that mm-hmm. i want to experience more cinema that i i have a deeper appreciation for the craft because these exist Mm -hmm, definitely um and it's just it's astounding like i god i want anybody listening to this to this to watch every single one of his films and then do it over again okay so well that's a 10-hour commitment so if if we could (laughs) dial it back what would you what would be your recommended starting place to like really get The, I, the and, and I want to bring it back to the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. The like that group experience. And yeah, so I, I like that we we draw uh, we we drew it back to Cornetto trilogy since this is where it started, uh, because I think that. And that's where Edgar Wright started. Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spaced for TV, yeah, but then sure. like the movie forays, um, I think really I don't know if he did any movies before. I don't think he did. I'll look it up and I'll and I'll confirm in the show notes. Yeah. But either way, um Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I think it is it might be one of the best movies that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't like to rank and create lists typically, but it's it's hard for me to think of a movie um that just outdoes Hot Fuzz. Like for me, Hot Fuzz is way up there with Alien and In Bruges and mm-hmm. moon like 
These are movies that Which I are think all very different movies. <laughs> phenomenal and brilliant. Like mm-hmm. I think they are cl- as close to perfect as you can get and Hot Fuzz is easily one of those. Um it's accessible but it's it's probably the most layered and nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um it has the best of like British wit like mm-hmm. in it like it it's just one of those The cast is it's stellar. unreal. Timothy Dalton, what the fuck? Olivia How, Coleman. Oh my god. I mean, it's just and and her bit like yes. she, like they you could have cast anybody in that and it would have been fine cuz she's, you know, making lewd jokes, but she sells the fuck out of every single mm-hmm. line that she has. It yeah. just like displays the it makes me so happy that she won a fucking Oscar. Right. And like the love that came from that yeah. group that created that film together for yeah. her was just just heartwarming. Yeah. But anyway, Hot Fuzz, I think hands down, like you okay. s- you start there, but Christ. So I mean, Shaun of the Dead and and World's End. Uh, the world's end, like you can't go wrong. You can't. But our recommendation is to start with Hot Fuzz if you haven't seen anything, or if you need prompting to rewatch something. Yeah. Which then brings me to like you, the listener. Like I would love, we would love to yeah. hear what you think of Edgar Wright, what you think of the Cornello trilogy. Um, and regardless of uh, if you're watching again or watching for the first time, um, what you think of Hot Fuzz, and if our chat through this has like elevated your viewing experience in any way because i think that again these are movies that can be experienced and loved on a really superficial level and that is perfectly fine yeah um but if you if you want to are inspired to look a little deeper i think you will be pleasantly surprised and and heartily rewarded i wish i had more like uh, there's a part of me that wants to to write or do something that is a more like specific layered nuance take on why the like why hot I fuzz is incredible that. yeah i would love that i think you should do that we'll see but i think like movies with mikey does a really excellent job mm-hmm. i think that right but i would painting... say i would say watch those after you've watched the movie oh totally totally, totally. so i just don't want to guide people to go there first correct i agree with that but like so i hope that like my love for these movies comes through just in the way like, that I'm talking about them. But I understand <laughs> that like I don't really go into I didn't really go into any of the, the real technical reasons or the things that I like the really standout things in those movies. Well, but I think so much of it is visual that it's difficult to do it justice without like legitimately showing someone like frame for frame. Totally. This like why you appreciate this. I do think. And I would love um, I would love you to do the line from Hot Fuzz about. Marinara, or no bolognese? bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's just one of the best moments in the entire film. It's all right, Andy. It's just bolognese. Yeah, it's just it's just and out of context. That means nothing. But anybody who's seen that movie, I hope like I hope it, it sparks as much joy in your life as it does mine. Sparks joy. I'm sorry, oh god. But I like I hope that it, it, it makes you. I hope uh, it invigorates your soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my God. Thank you for asking this. This is yeah! such a delightful. It was so funny. Like, I was on the train and I was like, shit, fuck, it's my turn to ask a question. What the fuck am I going to ask? And yeah. then, like, it just it just came to me. Now I want to watch one of them. Absolutely. I mean, I remember, what was it, like, three, four years ago when you watched Hot Fuzz every week for, like, yeah, it was months? We, yeah. My uh, ex-wife, our roommate, and I. Mm-hmm. 
sat down every weekend and watched Hot Fuzz. Uh, I th- I want to say it was at least for th- uh, three months, every weekend for three months. Yeah, and you enjoyed at it. At least. So much. Every time. And that was the thing where it's like, it was like, I liked Hot Fuzz before. And then wa- going through that process and mm-hmm. wa- re-watching it made me adore Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Because, like, for the longest time, I would have ranked Shaun of the Dead higher than Hot Fuzz. Mm. But it was on Okay, those... I mean, that bar fight scene that's choreographed, is it to Queen? Yeah, Don't that Stop Me Now. also so good. It's it is. so good. It's so good. But you see these, like, these choreographed sequences, like, seeing, like, what he does in World's End versus what he did in Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, like, how much he progressed. It's yeah. it's incredible. I I got to stop because it's just, I'll go on for another hour. I'd fucking well, maybe, I mean, love like, Edgar Wright. If if you want to hear more about specific movies, let us know. Regardless, we might talk more about them. Yeah. But I would love to get your hearty, your hearty approval, dear listener. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, uh, this brings up, like, a great, a great question is, like, who are your favorite directors? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite movie and why? Yeah. And Because, like, maybe you can, because I think something about Edgar Wright is I don't think on a popular level he is as well known or loved as i think perhaps he deserves yeah um in my opinion because i think he's so talented yeah um and thoughtful and so i i am fully open to the notion that you could introduce us to something that we have not explored before or explored in the way that it deserves to be explored yeah um so yeah i would love to hear about like your favorite cinematography your favorite pieces of cinema yeah. The second the second piece was probably the question I meant to ask. <laughs> Either way, you know, let us know. Yeah. DM us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's at probably this much the, love. Yeah. At this much love. DMs are open. That's mm-hmm. probably the best way to get in touch with us. I think so. We do have this much love cast at gmail.com if you want to write something okay. a little bit more lengthy. Yeah. I think that's the This <laughs> Much Love the, Cast at gmail.com. I think so. Me should probably give people the, the, the right piece of information. Let me yeah, it's this much love cast at gmail.com. Awesome. I don't think I even knew we had an inbox, so that's that's something oh, new yeah. for me to I know. can give you the credentials. Thank you so much. That's yeah. very thoughtful. You're welcome. Thank you so much for talking about this with me today. Thank you for asking this question. This was a lot of fun. It really was. I, I'm, I, I'm, You're glowing. I am. I feel yeah. so good. <laughs> Edgar Wright's films make me feel the best I can feel. <laughs> Definitely. All right. I'll chat with you later. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I had to say bye. <laughs> you know, like I had to sign off. More pleasantries. I like the little, like, <laughs> like the little bashful laughter. Little after. awkward. Oh god, oh, I feel so uncomfortable. You're such a goof. Thank I love you. you. Love you too. Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love.
FM。